G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players who will bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and today I've got a debutant on the show, uh, an ABC broadcaster who goes by the name of Aaron Bryans. Many people surely have heard of you before in the uh, AFL fantasy space, but welcome to the uh, show. Thanks for having me, Hef. Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> Great to be on. Love to hear it, mate. Um, I guess any of our listeners that aren't familiar with your work, do you want to tell them a bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, across the border in 2020, I'm a Perth boy at heart, so I went from sand groper to, to crow eater. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah started as a producer uh, with ABC Sport, working with Clint Wilden, Karen Ty, and slowly building up my hours, practice calling, and, yep. and got the gig uh, leading the Adelaide team, yeah, three years ago. So we have SA Grandstand as our local show on Saturday mornings. We call every game here in Adelaide, and in the summer it's a, a mix between cricket, basketball, yep. footy, you name it, but um, I love my footy. So, yeah, yeah it's um, it's been really fun this year considering we had a rough patch where the Crows were really battling and then Paul <laughs> yeah. were kind of the team. We've got both that are, are playing pretty competitive footy well, at the moment. I don't know about that after the weekend, <laughs> but <laughs> no, I was happy. So basically you've got like every sports lover's dream, really. Like, would you say this is like your dream job? 100%. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone has hard days at work. Yeah. You know, there's long hours at times. You, you don't get your weekends, but I mean, if I had a day off on Saturday, I'd be watching the footy anyway. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. I'm kind of where I'm, I'm supposed to be. So um, yeah, I really enjoy it. It's, it's an absolute blast um, being amongst the community and, and trying to set the agenda as well. And, and, you know, holding clubs accountable and, um, following the storylines, it's yeah, it's an absolute blast. So I wouldn't change it for a thing. And what about in the AFL fantasy space? So I first really come across you, like obviously listen to ABC, but um, at that, the Traders live show, I think it was DT Talk live mm. show this year. So you were chatting fantasy. So what's where does fantasy fit in for you? You've been playing it for a long time. You are, you're you're a decent player. Yeah, or? I reckon I've been in about ten years. I'm, yeah. I'd say I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went to my own home too much. Yeah. I, I started out as a classic guy. Um, but yeah, been doing that for over ten years. Started it in high school with some friends. Uh, and has expanded to, yeah, a pretty significant hobby. I think uh, I had a look last night before I jumped on. I'm in five leagues at the moment that I really pay attention to. Yep. So I've got a classic one with all my mates in Perth, a draft with the guys here in Adelaide, uh, super coach, a fantasy keeper, and then yep. a manual keeper, which is is probably the one I've, I really enjoy the most, the manual keeper. It's got its own rules, yep. a, a Google Excel spreadsheet oh, that we used to keep yeah, scoring. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, And that's been running for a good 20 years. So yep. I actually inherited a team and... Um, yeah, I, I absolutely love the keeper format. <laughs> There's so much more strategy to it than when you come to classic and, and draft. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, yeah. My next question was going to be, are you in a keeper league? So that's so good. <laughs> well, the one that you um, the one that you do play the most, and the one that focuses the t- attention on most. Who are your players? Who are your guys? Who are the guys you've like um, you've kind of recruited and built up? Who's who's your favourite player? Yeah, that sort have, of stuff. I have a unique strategy when it comes to keeper leagues, where I'm I'm more about I don't always draft kids. Yeah. So sometimes I find with draftees they can be very unpredictable. So you can pick a guy in your first five picks that's a 19, 20 year old and maybe he doesn't become the guy you want him to be. Yeah. So I'd like to look around the 26, 27 year old mark, guys that you're getting for five years, you know what they can give and maybe they have a little bit more to go. So I trade a lot. I like to move my first round picks and getting guys I kind of know what I'm getting. So yeah. I traded in Sam Walsh a few years ago yeah. um, and he's probably my star player, which unfortunately is unavailable for our finals. <laughs> yeah, I've got sucks. Tom Hawkins, who's still rolling around in his you know early 30s yeah. um, and has now done a hamstring, which is going to kill me. Yeah. Um, so he's one of my favourites. Um, I've got Josh Dunkley. So yep. a couple of years ago, I traded Toby Green for Dunkley and Todd Marshall. Yeah. And that's worked out very well. That you know both were kind of 
younger stars around that 24, 25 mark that are, are starting to hit their straps a bit. So I, I actually quite f- find a lot in keeper leagues, um, you know, your first round picks are very important. But when you get to the second and third rounds, there's no issue with 28, 29-year-old guys because no, by, by the time they get to 32 and they're done, you've had three drafts to yep. fill that hole anyway. Correct, yeah. And I think people forget that, that the older guys have so much value to them. Yeah, and quite often you'll um you'll find like a third or fourth year player drop back to the pool anyway and that's the year they break out and pop. A lot of mm. people have given up on them and then they're a bit older anyway. So, mm. yeah, I, I'm, I'm 100% of the same opinion. I don't really focus on kids anymore unless my team's like really down and out, like it's sitting at the bottom of the ladder. Like we're, there's those outliers there like Nick Dacos. Yeah. Nick yeah, Dacos is one where off the off the bat you had to have. Yeah, but correct. there's another when we first started our, our AFL Fantasy Keeper, first round Matt Rao went yeah. and a couple of years later he was delisted. Like yeah. it's, there's, there's, they're very hit and miss and yeah. it's a big gamble. Correct. Anyways, all right. Well, we might get into the main show, but uh, we'll just make a, a moment to mention that this show is brought to you by Game Day Squad. Uh, create, coach, and compete in fantasy footy. Uh, play at Game Day Squad at gamedaysquad.com.au. Um, if you haven't played it before, everyone's been listening all season, but uh, yeah, it's a, a different way to play fantasy. You open packs and get cards, um, and different kind of cards have different multipliers, and you make your team from that instead of picking from a player pool. Uh, it's fun. It's free. It's easy. Uh, let's get into Game Day Squad at gamedaysquad.com.au and uh, open some packs. And stay tuned for some very exciting news from Game Day Squad this week. Uh, some cool stuff coming out. But anyway, let's get into the breakout tracking segment where we look at the most relevant names of the week and guys that just look like they're on the up or uh, outperforming their kind of potential at the moment. Let's start with Braden Maynard. Did you watch the game on Friday? I did. I loved it. I actually missed it. I was oh, I was at the uh, Div 12 Resi's game. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. At Lockley's Oval. So, uh, yeah, accidentally actually missed it. I was with Dossie, who's got uh, Chera in his side, and he was um, brutal, very upset about the hamstring injury. <laughs> but the first player I want to talk about is Braden Maynard. So, he had 93 points. Um I think I have to make him back to too good for the podcast status. Um, last few years, he's been quite defensive. Um, it feels like with their lack of key defenders, he was kind of just doing some more lockdown roles. Starting to use him a lot more, I guess, on the on the attack from defense and things mm. like that. Starts to be getting a lot more of the footy. What are your thoughts on Maynard? Yeah, there's a few factors. I think he's always been a 70s guy who occasionally gives you a 40, but then yeah. can pull out 100. But uh, the way that Collingwood's playing at the moment has certainly helped. So he's lift his, lifted his intensity. So he's pushing up on the wings a little bit finding more of the footy and laying some good tackles. But I think the last few weeks, the, the key thing that's actually got him involved a bit more is teams starting to figure out Collingwood. Yeah, so they're true. actually shutting down that corridor defence, pushing Collingwood wide. So Maynard's getting up on the wing and, and finding some footy there, whereas they used to be so free-flowing through the spine that sure. um, you know you don't get, get a, a bit. Yeah, you don't get a chance really to find the footy because it's just so fast. So yeah. they've slowed them down a little bit, especially what Carlton did on Friday night. So I'm not sure if that stays, but the formula's there now to try and match Collingwood. Yeah, well, hopefully it does because uh, I've got Maynard on my team. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm pretty happy with him at the moment because, yeah, he's going around that 80 mark. So I think I can probably put him back to two of the podcast purely because he's gonna, he's not going to be available on um, waiver-wise and things like that. He's going to be snapped mm. up on most sides. But, uh, yeah, not a lot to report out of this game from the Carlton point of view. But um, Adam Chera injured, did the hamstring. Does anyone get a bump there? Do you think it's just someone like George Hewitt comes back? Or I think that's the easy option, yeah. yeah. So, Hewitt, during that game, his centre bounces were 3-4-3 three, three, and then the final term jumped to seven when yep. Chera was gone. So, yep. I think that's certainly going to help his uptick. Like A lot of people would have brought him in in Classic yep, this week. You know, I had him in draft. I got him a couple of weeks ago when Kennedy hurt his knee and, yep. and thought that was the way to go with Walsh also out. But he was really disappointing at the start. And then as Chera faded away, he got 22 points in that last term. 
term. So yeah. I think you can guarantee he's going to be an 80-plus guy for the rest of the year now. If if he hasn't been picked up in your draft league, I'd highly recommend it. The other yeah. one to look at, maybe Paddy Dow. Like he, was, <laughs> he was the sub, had 35 points and a half after yeah. Chera got subbed out. So, uh, I mean, it wasn't the worst or the best performance. but Yeah, and um, he was serviceable the week before. Yeah. Against, yeah, as well. So I think he's only a mid, though, which is yeah, yeah it can make it a little yeah. tricky. Yeah, I just laugh because Paddy Dow, we just can't escape him from this podcast. <laughs> there is a picture of him on the yeah. wall behind me. So that's probably uh, probably something to talk about. Um, the other one, Tom DeConing, were owners were riding a high over the last few weeks. Mm. Um, him giving giving the number one uh, ruck roll when Pitnett was out. Pitnett comes back in and he drops down to twenty eight points. Was there anything behind that, or just? Yeah, I just think the the absence of Harry Mackay has hurt him. Yeah, he's, he, going he's, he's more. playing forward a lot yeah, more now. Um, I guess that the positive out of that is depending on how much time he spends there. Now we could get DPP next season, yeah, which could help. Yeah. But oh, I'm get so confused about the Carlton Ruck situation. Like yeah. Tom DeConing was nearly out the door, and yeah. I'm surprised he signed considering they locked in Pitnett, who's twenty seven. Yeah. So. Those two are going to be in tandem for the next three years at least. So uh, he's never really going to be the guy that we all thought he would be, which is a sole ruckman for the Blues. Yeah. So he's always just going to linger around that forward ruck territory and he's just not going to score well in that role. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's pretty gross for the owners. If, if I owned him, I would be looking to find an alternative quick smart. Hmm. Well, they've but, got St Kilda this weekend as well. Marshall's yeah. going to smash him. Yeah, so that's the thing. And then, yeah, playing in tandem with Pitnet, it's, yeah, it's just not going to work. Oh, well, um, yeah, hopefully like, owners can find a resolution there somewhere. <laughs> I've got no advice for you though, apart from that. Um, let's move on to the Frio Geelong game. This was an awesome game and good to see hmm. um, Fremantle get a wing. When ever, ever since the... Uh, 2007 grand final. I haven't been the biggest fan of Geelong as my um, Twitter following would Fair. know. So, um, yeah, I don't mind seeing them go down, especially at home. So, um, actually, Freo from memory have a decent – I reckon they won a final down there at some stage. They have uh, a very good record yeah, at good record And good there. for your boys, the power, who yeah. are head there this weekend. Yes, so. absolutely, actually. Although they'll probably be fired up and uh, <laughs> ready to go after not leaving the state for a week as well. So, we'll probably cop that too. But anyway, um, Corey Wagner is a player I want to talk about from this game for the Freo boys. Um, 104 points. Um, now, Young has been playing in the midfield a bit. I also mm. made a huge CBA bump. So, this might be a catalyst of this. The other thing like, there is to mention is Heath Chapman. He's, he's playing in the twos at the moment as he's well. He's not doing very well there. Yeah, right? no. I think I looked at his score and it was like mm. 50-something like that. What's your take? Can we rely on Wagner for a few weeks or is it a hit and miss type situation? I'm very 50-50 on it. Like, the, the Dockers 22, I mean, had a win on the weekend. It has been a little bit volatile in terms of their form. But if you're trying to look at guys coming out, like – He's probably the first name that you think of, even though he yeah. had such a good performance on the weekend. They've got Brennan Cox still to come back in, who could be this weekend, and maybe Joel Hamling cops the loss for that. Yep. O'Driscoll and Will Brody are going to come back in as well. And again, kind of different roles to what Wagner's doing, but in terms of the flexibility, he's probably the name that you know isn't a star in that 22. Yep. Um, but he's a mature ager, and you know I got the chance to see him here in Gatherround when they played at uh, Norwood and... Had a really good running capacity. Was really hungry for the footy, and clearly, he's from his scoring the last few weeks. He's continued to improve. So, uh, I'm not sure if that's because Geelong allow a lot of chip marks around the back, and that certainly improved his scoring. But 23 touches is is pretty handy from a guy who's you know 26 years of age. But Fremantle's yeah, such a tricky one because yeah. they've just underperformed this year, and maybe they do invest in someone like Wagner who could be a good player for the rest of the year and if not the future. Yeah, I think if you've got a waiver wire spot and a spot you list for him, it's probably not the worst play, but just don't be shocked when it might yeah, go it's pretty, it may even be a one-week hit <laughs> yeah, and then exactly. next, and the week after he goes. Yeah, you could do worse, I reckon. Um, 
Lockie Schultz are nothing. Well, actually, no, because we've we've got this guy as like a, a keeper league favorite because he's always on the show. He never gets to the point where he's too good for us to talk mm. about. But, but he's not bad. He's average, averaging eighty five mm. over the last five games. So he had eighty nine points on this week and two goals. I think he's getting to that territory where <laughs> like he's surely picked up on most uh, leagues just from how he's been scoring over the last five weeks. So like I don't want to talk about him too much, but I've got my eye on him as a two G four P candidate at the moment. So yeah, but anyway, um, Luke Jackson. Only had 79 points. I don't know about you, but have you been expecting more from him since Darcy's gone out? I have. I actually have him in my manual keeper league. So him and yeah. Sherry are my two ruckmen. I love and that it's a manual keeper league. That's, yeah, that's the only way it's, I can describe so it. Is though. Though. Yeah, yeah. But um, I actually picked Sherry this week, <laughs> yeah. even though Goldstein was in the team, firstly because the Eagles leak hit outs. Yeah. And I just didn't trust Jackson against Stanley, who, you know, is a really big body. Blitzhouse was obviously in there for a bit as well. Poor Luke Jackson's doing everything for Fremantle at the moment. Yeah. And there's going to be some games where he's the best on ground because he's winning disposals, kicking goals, and dominating in the hit-out count. And it wasn't going to be the case in Geelong. And and the issue, again, is he's got McInerney this weekend against Brisbane. So, I don't expect a big score there. But then he's got this really delicious run home. Yeah. So, West Coast, Port Hawthorne, like, you have to have him for that. Yep. D- DPP flexibility, Sol Ruckman at Fremantle. Yeah, that four status is huge, isn't mm. it? So, yeah. I'd actually, if he is on the wire for you, I'd bite the bullet now because he's worth having in the last three rounds of finals. Yeah, 100%. I don't know if he'd be available on too many in the Keeper League format, but like, yeah, for the people that are worried that the scoring hasn't been up to scratch for the last few weeks, hold on because I think some good scoring is going to come. Um, Just a tip of the cap to Anthony Scott. I actually picked this guy with like my second to last uh, draft pick. <laughs> that just was a huge punt. Well, just because like I needed a guy who I thought would play every week, hmm. like just a forward that's just going to be there if I have heaps of injuries or whatever, he'll come on for me. Um, 88 points. Um, I'm not expecting that every week, but he did have six tackles, playing that pressure forward role well. Bulldogs play Friday night this week and I've got a loophole chance with him. I'm you know what's funny? The, the dogs don't have a lot of pure wingers. Yeah. And Scott certainly pushed up there at times. Yeah, so, yeah isn't it? Yeah, especially um, in the year. The, the issue with them is Bevo. Like you just, you never know what he's going to do week on week. So Scott yeah. could be great on the role that he had the past weekend yeah, and yeah. It, it may just disappear this coming weekend. Yeah, correct. Um, we'll move on to the next game. Uh, that's the Gold Coast Brisbane, the Q Clash, I think they call it. Is that what it is? Mm. Um, the, the only guys, <laughs> Sam Flanders, 103 points. We've just got to make him too good for the podcast. Um, interestingly, like not getting the CBAs, which is probably going to be good. I didn't really see this game too much because I was on my way to the footy, but if he was starting forward at those centre bounces and then pushing in, it's going to be good for his DPP status going it forward. Gives me um, Errol Goulden vibes. Yeah, and okay. like he's just a gut runner. He yep. felt everywhere in that game, and yeah, I don't know whether it's the, the Stephen King introduction, but yeah, he's had this massive run of form, and I guess the exciting part is he'll probably hold DPP to next year. Yeah, we talk about guys that. You know, maybe on the radar considering we're about to lose a lot of premium forwards. Yeah. Um, Flanders could be the guy, but th- the hardest part with the Suns is they've got so many midfielders that are yeah, kids. It's and I mean, Hollands isn't really getting a lot of time. Humphreys disappeared. Uh, so does Flanders lock away that kind of third, fourth spot? Waits to be seen. Yeah, I, yeah I'd agree. I, I think the, the signs are there, though. He's doing pretty well at the moment. Um, yeah, it's always that change of coach. You never know what's going to happen, but hopefully he's shown enough. Not only just this year, like at VFL level, absolutely dominating, and then uh, and then yeah, coming into the senior team and getting it done as well. Mm. Doesn't help that they're not winning games though, as well. So that's the other thing. Yeah. Except on the weekend though, they uh, got and it done. to be honest, they may get the Crows this Saturday as well. Oh, I'd, I'd like that, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if that'll uh, be good for fantasy. That's all. Um, Rory Atkins, the rat. I've got to make him too good for the podcast. He's had I think four ninety-plus scores in a row now. What is going on with him? Yeah, I'm not sure, to be honest. I, I see the Suns on and off, but, I mean, he's a mature age body. They have to invest in him because of the long-term deal they gave. But yeah. 
Yeah, finding a lot of the footy. Yeah, um, like starts from defence and works just all the way up mm. and down the ground all day. So I wouldn't be surprised if he stays in for the rest of the year. No, nah, the way that he's going, he's um he's a waiver. Oh, sorry, a mid-season pickup for me in our league with mid-season draftees. You have the option of retaining them, but you have to take them with your first round draft pick Ooh, next year. Yeah, so like we keep sixteen. So you know around you know wouldn't pick seventeen. I guess or picks will be pick seventeen a draft. Basically, is he is he worth pick seventeen in? Draft depends on the depth of what's available in yeah, your pool, I guess. That's but it. if yeah. he holds on to defender status and yeah. yeah, your pool is pretty limited, then yeah. probably at 17, yeah. Yeah, he could he's in contention for me. I'm, I'm thinking about pulling the trigger with it, but yeah, I'll, again, I'll have to see what's um, available in the pool uh, come next year. Um, Will Powell is a player that I've just wanted to make too good for the podcast, also. Um, finally done it for us, uh, had three good scores in a row, 89 points, but yeah, that's just uh, good to see there on the Brisbane side of things. Um, I guess it's the tip of the cap to Ryan Lester, 105 points. If you take 15 marks in defence, um, you're always going to have a decent fantasy score, but only got to just past the 100 mark by doing it. So yeah. Almost a role reserve for, uh, reversal as well, sorry. Um, Andrew just ended up on King, who got towed up, yep. uh, which left Lester as the intercept marker. So I don't know if it happens every week, but... Um yeah, a great score for a guy that's usually a 50s performer. Yeah, 100%. Um, the other player that's just kind of popping up here is Calamar Chi. So he had 100 last week, 87 points this week. Last week he was playing a lot more forward, but this week he's a defence kind mm. of coming off half back. Um, and his game style suits that role because we've seen him as like a winger earlier on um, in his career as well. And I guess wingers are the ones who kind of get skipped the most in the chain of players and stuff and they're not as good for fantasy as they used to be. But if he's playing off that half back line, he's someone to just keep an eye on for me. I wonder if this is the flow on effect of Ashcroft's injury that Rayner goes into the middle a little bit more yep. and now Archie's down at half back. Yeah, but it could be. Daniel Rich is obviously lurking in the uh, in the waiting kind of whether he wants to come back into the 22. Again, he didn't perform well on the weekend, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, and then obviously that was a self-imposed exile so yeah. when he chooses to come back, I'm sure they'll give it to him. But um, yeah. Archie's yeah, struggled to hold down a 22 spot for a long period of time, but he's looking good there. Yeah, no, definitely. So, yeah, just keep an eye on that one. If he goes 80-plus again next week, he's definitely going to be turning a few heads. Um, we'll move on to the Sydney and Essendon game. Uh, Nick Hind came into the side. I think it was the sub last week. Mm. Um, 87 points this week. Do you put that down to just – I know they're a different type of player, but is that a Ridley bump being out there? It's the security or? of it for sure. Yeah. Like Hind's always been a good scorer when he's actually got – a full game, game but he's yeah. generally been the sub this year. Um, so I, I think now that Ridley's out, it will certainly lock him into that back six a little better. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, just uh, keep an eye on Ridley. He's probably aw- uh, available on a few waivers just given that he uh, has been on the side for, for a while or in and out at least. Um, on to, yeah, more Essendon players. Jai Caldwell, 85 points. He had 20 CBAs in this game. I guess the question is people are wondering, like, will he keep his forward status? Um and I guess the consistency around him in that Essendon midfield. Now, I think there's talk of Parrish might be off somewhere else next Yeah, year. he's out of contract. Um, the Bombers have this war chest that they've obviously spent a little bit on Redmond and, and now are trying to lock away Parrish. But I think the Cats were getting stuck into him a bit. Yeah. Um, Do you think the sign, that Redmond re-signing might be a sign that Parrish is on the way out? I, if they I, I actually him think he might stay. You think uh, so? I think they're building a quite a good culture at the yep. Bombers considering all the off-season drama that... I wouldn't be surprised if he stuck around. The, the issue for Caldwell on the run home, um, which may be good for, for fantasy uh, punnets, is uh, Setterfield's coming back, yeah. if not this weekend. So that probably yeah keeps him out of those high CBA numbers. Which Do you think Setterfield just comes straight back in? or 
he's a good player. Yeah. Maybe they do go through the VFL and yeah. hold him. He's been, been out for a long it's time. It's been a long layoff, yeah. 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 So that's, that's an interesting one though. I didn't factor that one in. So that's true. Setterfield is someone that I think before he got injured though, they were pushing him back to the outside a little bit as well. Mm, so. I mean, Hobbs is in there now as well. Yeah. So they're kind of sport for choice in their kids. Yeah. That's what just, just yeah. Caldwell makes me a little bit scared. Looking at his CBA numbers over the year though, because we know that um, DPPs are decided on over the full season, not just the mm. last six weeks. He's only averaging 35% of the centre bounces for the year. So that hopefully means he has spent at least 35% of the time starting up forward as well. And even over the last weeks, he's still been in the 30s most weeks, um, except for this week where it's 60%. So that probably explains the bump he got this week as well. So that's just interesting to look at. If he can get a consistent midfield role though, sky's the limit with him. Uh Nick Bryan is a guy I like as just a stash option. For, just because, like, whenever – I didn't see this game, but every time I've seen him play, he's just looked okay. Like, he's just done some mm. nice things. And when he comes in, he just doesn't look super out of place. He finds his own footy. That's the yeah, exciting part exactly. is he has disposals to his hit-outs. Yeah. You know, you look at someone like uh, a Ned Reeves, for example, who's literally yeah. just a tap yeah. guy, and that's all he does. But Bryan actually impacts the game. Yeah. If you've got Draper, I mean – having Brian in your draft competition is fine because then yeah. you can just rotate the two. And, and Draper's currently TBC, so we don't really know when he's yeah. coming back with that hip injury. So y- you could really roll with Brian for the rest of the year. It's a bit of a gamble because yeah. Draper could come back at any time, but he's well, scoring well. A lot of rucks out there missing at the moment. Mm. Uh, I guess Nank comes back for those who had him, but wouldn't have been a bad play if you picked up Nick Brian throughout that uh, that period. But yeah, like I said, he's just shown a bit in terms of fantasy from his first few games. So it's just in my in my black book for the future, if he can get a number one role, gets a trade, something like well, that. The hard part is Draper's so young, as yeah, is exactly. Brian. So yeah. between the two of them, um, he's, he's really going to get a look in. Yeah, fingers crossed on a trade. That's where we mm. need him to go. <laughs> um, Put honestly, oh, no, we, we need one, but oh, I don't know. Apparently, Brody Grundy's coming. So I don't know how much we can buy into that. Uh, Braden Campbell wants some Sydney players. 110 points. Um, just bit of making it a bit more of a fantasy name for himself since moving to the wing. It's a funny one because, like I said before, like wingers tend to be skipped a bit more. He's probably done his best scoring on the wing, um, but he's still quite up and down in his scoring. Mm. It's probably just more so that the Sydney back line is quite packed, that's all. High and uncontested possessions as well. So, yeah, yeah he's certainly finding space out there, which yeah. is good. And, and the Swans are – we talk about Bevo kind of chopping and changing his midfield lineup. Yeah. I mean, the Swans are kind of the same. They've, they've got so many star what kids. What was with Callum Mills this week? Like, yeah. Turned up last Papley's week. Papley's spending more time in the yeah. middle as well. It's it's a bit all over the shop. And, and Braden Campbell's obviously, you know, a first-round pick. I think he was pick five. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Um, academy product. Like, so much potential and, and has struggled to, yeah, make a name for himself in this team that's stacked with young talent. So, maybe the wing is the answer for him. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, Joel Amati, 91 points, kicked the four goals. I guess the news of uh, Buddy Franklin's retirement has mm-hmm. just come out. Um, he gets a bit of ruck time, though, as well, although I think Hickey absolutely dominated in the twos this week. They need a ruck. Like, might they got in. dominated yeah. by the Bombers. And um, I also think Laddams um, played as well, so there's one of those twos probably going to come in. Probably mm. Hickey on the on form. Um, but, yeah, four goals, can't really complain yeah. about as that. As you mentioned, though, like, no Franklin means he, he probably is more locked into the 22 Yeah, now. absolutely. So if you can get on the end of a few, he might be good here and there, but not one I'm trying long term um, just a few tip of the caps Cunningham and Tom Papley both had 83 points good players um, they're just the kind of guys that aren't going to be fantasy superstars but going to pop up every second or third week and uh, give you some good scores um, I don't really want to talk about the showdown so <laughs> can we just skip over that is, is that alright uh, uh, you have to I think purely because of what it means for grand final week in keepers yes I guess well Tex Walker is that what you're talking about yes yeah, okay well 131 <laughs> points against the second place team on the ladder with seven goals hmm. um, pops like this every now and then 
But he comes up against West Coast in round 24, doesn't he? Exactly. So, if he can kick seven against Port, what's he going to do to West Coast? It's a, Yeah, it's a 10 goal. Especially, <laughs> you look at all the factors heading in. So, Adelaide will need a big percentage boost to make the eight by that point. Yeah. Tex will be in the Coleman hunt with Kerno and probably need 10 to beat him. Yeah. It, it has all the makings of a grand final in terms of fantasy. Uh, a, a grand final risky trade where you could throw a C on a player like Taylor Walker and he drops a 131 like he did on the weekend. Like uh, he, he could be an absolute star in uh, a team full of premiums. I wish I could get stats on this or something, but come round 24, I'd love to know the percentage of teams that win a grand final because they because have Tex in their outside yeah. or like how many lose with Tex in their side. I, I would, I'd be shocked <laughs> if he didn't have a huge amount of trade-ins that yeah, week. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. But, uh, yeah, Tex Walker, seven points, un- uh, seven goals, sorry, unstoppable on the night. Matt Crouch has come from nowhere, mm. not getting a game, uh, back in the Crows' uh, best 22, 105 points, and he was actually the highest-rated midfield midfielder on the ground for mm. the night. So, well, he at least holds for another few weeks, you think? I think he's into the rest of the year. Yeah. I grabbed him in my draft uh, the week that Laird was out, yep. just as a one-week kind of hit, yep. uh, and it's yeah proved great. Um, he, he looks locked in. Like yep. Him, Laird, and Dawson, the Crows didn't like that trifecta for the whole year, and they've acknowledged that. They just didn't think it worked because Laird and Crouch are the same kind of player, but he's transformed himself, Matt Crouch. The, the issue he's always had is his defensive pressure. He, his meters gained. He tends to go backwards when he gets first to disposal but he's completely flipped the switch now and yeah these his forward ball movement he's locked in that third midfield role especially with um you know Schomburg Sligo still waiting in the wings um Rochelle is going to come back in this weekend Rankin's out long term I, I think he's grabbed it to the point where if they don't re-sign him he's at least got value to go to another club now because he's yeah. shown what he can still yeah, do yeah true yeah no that's um fair point so owners out there would be pretty confident going forward like I've got him in my dynasty league <laughs> it's funny because in that league I reckon I've won oh, I think it's been going for about eight years oh, with the same people anyway and yeah I think I've won about five of the flags out of the eight, eight <laughs> out of there but it's always because I'm lucky not because I've got a good team or anything mm. or I spend like all day every day researching fantasy <laughs> I'm the polar opposite like my, my dynasty <laughs> one um, I just had a great first draft yeah. and, and that's just set just me up going. forever yeah but the, the thing is they reckon I'm lucky that Matt Crouch has come back in final so I'm riding that wave of luck because I've been sitting <laughs> on my bench all year he's coming back and he's popping out tons for me I've also got Jared Lyons on the bench which I'd like to uh, come back in so he's won Matt Crouch like in your keeper league like <laughs> yeah. depending on what the rumblings are on the off season yeah. you know, like he's probably worth holding now yeah 100% so yeah be waiting to see what happens there but yeah Matt Crouch I think people who have him and been holding on all year are going to be very happy coming into finals that's for sure Willem Drew had his 80 points um He's just a serviceable mid. He gets a mm. lot of different roles in that midfield, whether it's just being a tagger or a pressure player or then, you know, a little bit of attacking as well. Sometimes you find himself out in the wing from time mm. to time as well. But uh, just a handy one to own. Midfield depth, I find, is hard these days. Um, yeah, Port's got so many, but yeah. he still manages to hold his own. Yeah, uh, And he's such a high tackle machine. Um, he's actually probably more serviceable than Wines these days. Ah, in terms 100%. Of, yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, He's yeah. just more reliable. Yep. So, yeah, I really like him. Tend to agree there. Um, Francis Evans, or Fevens as I like to call him, <laughs> uh, 75 points. Uh, just a tip of the cap with four goals. One of the players actually showed something the night, a bit of ticker, which was good to see. <laughs> um, let's get away from that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, now we're on to the one that I get really flat about, yeah, the, the Hawthorne-Richmond game. Oh, yeah, that's all right. Uh, <laughs> actually, no, we'll, we'll start with the um, the Hawks uh, the Hawks game first up. So, Chad Wingard, I guess, is a player I want to talk about. Um, 116 points from him. What do you think – like, he's run a form, like, three, I think it's three or four big scores mm. in a row. Probably back to too good for the podcast status, actually. What's the catalyst? Because I'm seeing nothing change in the game. I, I honestly feel like it's effort. 
Yeah, it's like, a little bit, and I think that's stemmed from recovery from injury. I think yeah. he was holding on to a calf issue in the opening stages of the yeah. year, and it just limited his impact up forward. Like, you could tell the intensity wasn't there. Yeah. He wasn't really fighting for the footy or chasing for tackles, and, and now he just looks healthy. He's obviously in a contract year as well, so he's fighting to hold on to his spot. And yeah. Yeah, he's just working a lot harder. He's getting up the ground a little bit towards that half-forward region, and- and finding a lot of the field. Yeah, I think that's. I think you're on the money there. Like, yeah, and I guess that contract year does play into a little bit. There's whispers of a trade. Like, well, they're mm. putting him on the market a bit, and I, whether he wants to go, or whether he doesn't want to go, maybe he's just trying to get that value up with the contract around the corner. Anyway, but yeah, it's good to see. Um, yeah, probably should be back to too good uh, for the podcast status because when he's on, he is like a genuine forward option throughout his career. So yeah, interesting to see. Um, and I guess we'll just touch on the Hawthorne Ruck situation. Um, Lloyd Meek got his, uh, I think it was one of his first cracks. I think he's had a couple actually with um, with Reeves out. But 89 points is the number one ruck. I just wish Hawthorne just could play just one ruck mm. each week and just see what one of them can do instead of just both of them. The issue is neither of them are great. Yeah, like, that's Me- it. Meek's definitely more impactful because unlike Reeves, he, he does win his own footy. Like, yeah, Reeves is just a tap ruck. Yeah, but exactly. Neither of them are great. I mean, Max Lynch is another, but he's out for the year with concussion. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't think I, any of the, the options are great right now. And they, they maybe they look at trading someone in, but, you know, Reeves is... He's got family ties at the footy club as well, so I don't yeah. see him going anywhere Dad's anytime soon. Or something, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a tough one because I know a few guys that that held on to Reeves in their draft and and keeper leagues purely because he's the main man at Hawthorne, but yeah. he's, he's just not a good scorer. Yeah, and then Meat comes along and just ruins. Like <laughs> yeah. at least with Reeves, like you would be good for like a seventy, you know, every mm. second week or something like that. But it's just not happening with the two of them in there. So yeah, nah. Um, just yeah, you need Reeves to stay out and Meat to stay in really. Um, on to St Kilda. Well, Hunter Clark, actually, 90 points. So he had a huge uptick in CBAs. I think he went from something like in the teens to 60-odd percent CBAs this week. Um, so he's just getting that inside midfield role. Scored 90 points in this one. I think Zach Jones went out of the game real early. Seb Ross is out, who they tend to lean on for a similar type role. And I guess with a lean return prior to, um, I guess, his injury um, or coming back from injury, it's just good to see him kind of do something, mm. really. So, yeah. Is Hunter Clark a player that's piqued your interest over the years, just given his potential? Yeah. I had him in my first keeper draft, ended up trading him um, just for a a second rounder, I think, heading into this year. Just purely because there's a log jam at St. Kilda. And and as you touched on, I I think Zach Jones' injury during the game, Seb Ross out, has has helped him a little bit. Yeah. Um, But, you know, Ross is 30, Crouch... Um, heading towards 30 as well. Jones is 28, Steele's 27. So they're not really going anywhere over the next couple of seasons. Yeah. And we just want to see Hunter Clark in there. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, fourth highest CBAs on the weekend. I just can't see it being a consistent thing considering the guys that are still around him at St Kilda, which is frustrating because he's great when he gets, you know, a chance. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, like I, he's always someone I've liked. I was beginning to doubt whether he could actually string it together for a full season while he still can't, not being injured. Mm. Um, but like I said, just good to see him play a game where he gets an opportunity and kind of makes the most of it. So let's just hope it rides out for the rest of the season um, with a few of their midfield outs. Uh, well, Josh Battle had 89 points. He's capable of this when, I guess, St Kilda were on top and he's just not, you know, on the attack. Uh, sorry, on the defensive side of things, you know, the whole game. He also had 18 disposals with nine marks. So, I guess he was just involved in that chip around a little bit as well. Um, but, yeah, a guy who's shown potential but too inconsistent with his uh, with his role from week to week. And just a tip of the cap to Dan Butler, um, had 86 points, kicked four goals. So, yeah, wouldn't expect that each week. But when he does it against a lowly ranked Hawthorne side, he'll put up a good score. All right, now we can get on to the game <laughs> that... Uh, 
that disappointed you and I had the Hawks in my mind because we had the the win the week prior. But uh, yeah, yep, yep, yep. now now the trauma is coming back of this weekend. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, well, luckily, well, there's not too many players I want to talk about in this game. Not a lot stood out, but um, unless you want to bring any up from this game that you saw. But Harrison Petty was the big one for for me. Um, six goals, switching into that forward role and scored 117 points. Now, do I think something like this is going to happen on a weekly basis? No, I don't. But I think the big factor is how on earth does Brody Grundy get back into the side? given that they want him to play a forward role when Harrison Petty's doing something like this. Yeah, I think it's done now. Yeah. Uh, he and Melksham looked incredible out there. Yeah. Um, ben Brown, obviously, I think Petty's a better option than him. Yeah. Like, purely just because he actually has a strong lead up. He fights for that footy. He's good in the contest as well. Um, whereas Brown, I think you just have to hit him on the tit. Otherwise, he, he doesn't yeah. really utilise the footy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I, I really liked the, the role change for Petty. Um, I mean, I say liked it. it yeah, <laughs> he, he cooked my football team. But, um, yeah, I think I think it works at Melbourne right now. They're, they're still struggling to find the answer for their forward line. It's very chop and change, but Petty at the moment seems like the easy fix. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, like I said, Brody Grundy owner is going to be pretty uh, unhappy with that one. Just look at it. It wasn't, for Richmond, there wasn't too many um, high-scoring players in that game that aren't Really if anything, there. some of the top tier guys dropped off. Like Jacob Hopper absolutely disappeared yeah, for large no portions joke. of the game. Oh, some of the guy I was playing had him as well. Mm. He was just missing. And yeah, most of the um, most of the Melbourne players were already too good for the podcast type players. I guess Ed Langdon um, with a ton. We haven't seen him too much. And he seems to be kind of picking up a little bit as the season goes on there. But yeah, apart from the stars, there wasn't a lot to talk about fantasy-wise. So we can move on from that one for you. Thanks, uh, mate. No worries. <laughs> um, now, this was a good story to finish off the weekend. Um, the Eagles really dug deep for a win. So I'm not sure how much we can take out of it in fantasy-wise because we, there's two teams playing against each other that just give up heaps of points to each yeah. other. So it's a bit of a, a bit of a scratch match almost. But um, I guess Dom Shea, 115 points. We know what he's capable of. Um, and being one of the more senior figures in there, uh, had 26 disposals, nine mark and six tackles. But I guess the disclaimer is that he played against North Melbourne. So Yeah, there's, yeah. there's glass half full and empty approaches to this. Yeah. So the glass half full is... Dom Sheed's locked in, I think, for the Eagles midfield for the rest of the year now. He should score well. Yeah. I mean, Jimby's out long term, so that really helps him. Yeah. Uh, and even like an Andrew Gaff, who had been stuck on the outside for the majority of his career, I've always seen him as kind of a seagull type of player, but um, getting some more CBAs now. But uh, the glass half empty is, um, and alongside, you know, Gaff, you see Xavier O'Neill, Elijah Hewitt scoring quite well. Yeah. Um, is Yo came back in as the sub, played down back, yep. but McGovern's due back. So yeah. I, I have a feeling that, that Yo will end up being injected in back into the midfield and yep. that will uh, impact a lot of the CBAs and those rotations. Yeah, that's a fair point. And again, like just so much happening in this game that you can't really like take much out of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think Sheed's the one and maybe even a gaff in your draft league because he's had some poor moments the year. Where yeah. I Since had being him. dropped, he's been good. Yeah, so. I, I had him at one point and got rid of him. So yeah. he may be on your wire. Like I, I'd look at gaff. Yeah. The Hewitt's and your O'Neill's, uh, they're, they're probably going to miss out after this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Jamie Crisp was another player who had a good game, 110 points. Um, had 11 tackles, so he just shows the fight and willingness to actually win in that game. Kicked two goals as well. He's an up-and-down player, but he's a premiership player on my side, so I do have a soft spot uh, for Jamie Cripps. Um, Zara Neal had that 74 points, as you mentioned, just spending some time up forward, though, as well, which was a, a bit interesting to see, just trying a bit of a different role. Um, and just Elijah Hewitt, again, you mentioned him, but he's just a player that I think is going to be a jet one day. Um 
he just looked lively. Did some crafty things around forward as well. I think he kicked a goal or two up there. Had the 73 points. Um, he's had games where he's like really come out of the blocks and, you know, 50-point first halves and stuff like that and then ended on 60 hmm. and stuff Depending like that. Depending on what they do with Shuey, like I, yeah. think, I think most people would, would prefer to see him. I prefer. I mean, he's had a great career, but I think he needs to retire. Like the, the consistent soft tissue injuries, it's just blow after blow. Yeah. You could look at round one next year and say Jimby, Hewitt, Tim Kelly as kind of your starting three yeah. and work around that. Yeah, true that. And then, yeah, there's kind of what needs to happen for their rebuild as well. Mm. So, yeah, um, going to be interesting to see. But, yeah, uh, Hewitt showing all the signs right now. Just hopefully he can get that more consistent fantasy game uh, going sometime soon. Um, and for the North players, again, not a lot to talk about. Uh, Aiden Core though, is the only one that kind of put up a decent score that's not too good for the podcast. He had 82 points and he's been good since um, Griffin Lowe got injured. He's always been had that little bit of fantasy game because – I guess he's kind of playing like a centre halfback key defender role now, but he's kind of been more suited to that third tall kind mm. of player. And they love a plus six North Melbourne down back. True like that. They, they yeah. share the footy they a, like a fair possessing. bit. Yeah. Well, hopefully Zeebel comes back in for owners out there as well because um, he announced his retirement during the week and uh, mm. yeah, was the sub as well. He's been the sub three weeks in a row. He so actually it pretty much ended my draft campaign. Yeah. Uh, I finished ninth. I had Zeebel oh, all year and then yeah, the last three weeks he's just absolutely burnt me. So yeah. Well, I guess the positive with that though is expect a full game in round 24 and expect him to get a lot of the footy. He'll just take every yeah. kick. I mean, even like the that, games so. he's been sub, he's been getting 30 to 40 points in limited time. Yeah, 100%. Like he's been so smashing it. Hopefully he can just get a, get a run. There was um an injury. Was it Goda that got injured? No, it was, no. There was Goda that came off sub or something like that. So someone came off on a 16. I can't remember who it was. It was one of those young uh, young defenders. Yeah, it was Goda. Yeah, it was 16 mm. points with an injury cloud. So and he was playing that halfback role as well. So there is a spot there for him if uh, he can get back into the side. But knowing North, is it Clarko's week back? Is he back next week? He's soon, yeah. If yeah. he's not this week, the week after. Um, so just be, and he'd, he'd want to win, which means yeah. throw in Zeebel, So Yeah, <laughs> might put him back in. So, yeah. Anyways, uh, that wraps it up for the uh, most relevant players of the week. Um, yeah, if you enjoy the work we do on this podcast, um, please consider signing up and becoming a member. Uh, we get... Uh, if you if you do sign up, we will reward you with a few premium resources on our website, which include the CBA numbers, kicking numbers, state league fantasy scores, and the breakout tracker. But uh, I guess the the off season is approaching, which is probably where we do our finest work. So um, yeah, there's lots of content coming out over there to help you pick your teams for next week and preseason to get your drafts going. So all of that will be available to members. So yeah, make sure you're on board so you don't miss out on that. Um, but thank you to the following gold members. I read ten out each week. Each week. Um, so thank you to the following: uh, Nathan Jarks, Liam Kerman. Mode, Adam Orlando, Ryan Gershwitz, John Martin, Lachlan McKinnon, Samuel Tempera, Jared Minchin, Rowan Kayla, and Ben Farley. And that is quite possibly the easiest 10 names to read out all season. So that was probably good <laughs> on that behalf because usually there's some tricky ones in there. Um, but yeah, if you uh, if you can't sign up as a member, that's all good. Just get around us on our socials and stuff like that. Anything you can do to help support the podcast is greatly appreciated. All right, got a few questions here from the listeners. Most of them we probably have covered within the show, but we'll get stuck into them anyway. Um, thoughts on Corey Wagner uh, putting up some reasonable games in Young's midfield time seemed to help his scoring. I think we touched on that but yeah do you want to reiterate your thoughts yeah I think in draft certainly grab him if, if you have that option as a, a depth player you wouldn't put him in your, your first three but um, have him on the bench and then we'll see how this week goes after that considering the ins that Freeman will have coming yeah 100% um, at Traggs wants to know uh, what's Rory Atkins capability like I guess we talked about that a bit too um, 
But my question, I guess, what would be, what number of keepers would you say you'd need to keep him? Like, we keep 16. Would he be in your, in the best 16, do you reckon? Again, it depends on your format, like how many defenders you're playing with. Yeah. Uh, if you're playing with five, five yeah. yeah. And if he keeps it as He'd well. He'd be, be a pretty good one if you have him yeah. five because um, there's obviously a lot of depth required at that position and he's yeah. going to hold defender status. He's 29, which is the other thing. So, yeah. I, I think he's actually better than Brandon Ellis right now. Yeah, true. Um, yeah. Lockie Well is not in this. Side, but I think he's done. He's done the ACL again, hasn't he? Yeah. So he'll be like another twelve months. And then months. Charlie Constable as well. He you know started hot and disappeared after a round. But yeah, I think Atkins plays next year in the starting twenty-two unless the, something happens in terms of the trade table. So yeah, yeah there's no reason you, you shouldn't hold him, but just be wary that it's it's probably a one-year hit, and yeah. then I think he's gone after someone's that. going to take over from mm. him. There, they do have, I guess, Connor Butterick as well. We'll mm. sat out this season. He might return as well, but we all know what his issues are with his knees and things like that. So that might not be fruitful there, but just something to think about. Um, at Russ wants to know, what's the catalyst for Wingard's uptick in scoring? Is it likely to stay this way for the rest of the season? I think so, yeah. spoke about this one, but yeah, playing for that contract, I think is- 100%. Yeah. Um, so yeah, worth in draft, wouldn't hold him in keeper. Yeah. Um, at Ranger J87, what's to know? Are Quainer and Billings worth persevering with during finals as bench cover or- Streamers, what's your thoughts on Billings? Like, what do you made of his I mean, season? No, yeah, yeah. Quainer, I'm a yes, yeah, hundred percent. No, he's got great potential and yeah. has had a career best season. Yeah, Billings, uh, I've had him in my keeper league for a while. Um, he he's just not getting consistent game time, too injury prone, and as we touched on before, the log jam at St Kilda. Um, I think even if he comes in, he's not going to score well considering there's four rounds to go. Yeah, so um, maybe one to look at next year. You could probably pick him up quite late. Um, because yeah, his potential's awesome, but this year has been a write-off. Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't get him now. No, I agree. Quainer, like I think people are discouraged by the last two rounds of footy where he's come against Port Adelaide, which are just a nothing thing for defenders. You mm. can't score against them, and having being having one of their like yeah their third loss of the season as well, like in the last two weeks. So before that, Quainer was like on fire. So <laughs> I just would mm. persevere with Quainer for sure. Billings. I don't like. I haven't seen him enough this year to even comment. Like, I don't yeah. really know. I guess the, the counter argument in draft is if you've got guys that are averaging seventy five plus on your waiver wire, yeah. don't pick Billings. Yeah. But <laughs> if, if you're down to you know sixty seventy, then he probably could be worth the punt. Yeah. But I just don't think he's that good. Yeah. No. Nah, I'm I'm on the same opinion. I think with Billings. Um, all right. Simon Evans uh, is asking. Um, it's looking like McRae could be the only forward averaging 91 or higher in 2023. Um, yeah, that's eligible for forward status. Um, given this, are there any forward prospects do you think that are worth stashing now? And do you see any rucks sneaking forward DPP for 2024 given their roles the last few weeks? Um, yeah, so the players that like I'd be making a play for at the top line that I think will be top line def- uh, forwards next year, probably Sam Flanders, Taron Thomas and Luke Jackson. What are yeah, your thoughts. Sir? No, I think you've nailed that. If Jackson holds DPP, hundred percent is your first in. Yeah. Um. Again, depending on where Darcy ends up, there are rumblings he could leave. But, yeah. um, he, yeah, he's scoring well now, and he's comfortable up forward. That even when Darcy is in, he's still pushing 70, yeah. 80. Flanders is the guy. Like the role is clearly there now. He's locked himself in, and he should yeah. hold on to that DPP status. Yeah. Even though, yeah, like like CBAs aren't huge. I I haven't really been monitoring whether he's starting on wings and stuff like that. But like, given that he's CBAs aren't high enough for that to be there for the whole season. He has to have some sort of DPP, I think. Mm. Um, and given the start of the season as well, where he wasn't getting much midfield time playing forward, we got to remember that like it's thirty five percent 
at another position over the full year, not just the last six weeks. Yeah, so like someone that. like Max Gorn got so close. Yeah. He was like 34.5 yeah. and then and now we'll miss out as a result of what's happened. But yeah. it, it's so exciting next year. Like I think Simon's nailed it. The, the premium options are going to disappear. Yeah. Um, ben Hobbs is another one that um, if he can hold on to it, I don't yeah, know. Don't, he's had sure. a lot of midfield time, but yeah. if he can hold on to it, he'd be a great option. Hobbs is one that kind of, when he came in, he went pretty much straight into mm. the midfielder though. He did have a few games, but just looking at it here, there's a lot of, yeah, 40s and 50s and stuff ben like Keyes that. Ben Keyes is, he will hold his DPP, but as we've talked about, Matt Crouch's arrival, I still think Schomburg and Saligo are the next in. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure he's going to get the opportunities next year that he's been given this year. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, some other players that I like, uh, Archie Perkins, I think will probably, even though he's getting a lot of midfield time lately, I think over the course of the season, he'll hold it. Jai Caldwell as well, I think. And for the Rucks, the only one I could really think of was Cherry with playing with Goldstein at the moment, still rotating a little bit up forward mm. too. Um, and given that he hasn't played a lot of footy this year. It'll be tight, but yeah, he, yeah, might he, be he could be a really good. Um, yeah. Bailey Smith as well, when we talk about oh, the course. Western Bulldogs, yeah, yeah. like um, he'll, he, he'll 100% have it. It's just if he's going to be good enough to warrant getting, like he'd be yeah. so underpriced. But do you think like this is th- something we should be planning for? Like is the new gun forward going to be an 85 average guy next season. And Possibly, like, yeah. depending on, yeah, the amount of talent in that yeah. pool. And we should just be thinking ahead of for those guys and trading them in now if we can or picking them off waivers and stuff like that that we might think push that level because they could be the premium options next year and 85 might be it. And I don't know, we've, we complain about forwards every year, I find, like – even this year, there was no good ones available, even though we probably did have some good top liners. More so from the draft and keeper league um, perspective, not so the class, so much the classic, but I feel like someone always pops up. So Yeah, I mean, we, we've been pretty lucky this year. I mean, Harry Sheasel was was the one that kind of helped everyone yeah. get a full 22 before the end of the year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the premium options were there in the draft, like Dunkley early on as well. Goulden was obviously more on the lower ranks, but we knew the potential. So yeah. I, I, I completely agree that in a draft perspective, it's going to be really thin next yeah, year. Yeah, and from a sure. keeper perspective, yeah, if you're – if you're thinking you're not going to win the grand final this year, yeah, maybe it's time to start trading a little early to try and get the guys in that you think will hold on. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, for, for example, uh, mid-year, I had a feeling that, that I was going to be playing finals footy. Yeah. So I traded Callum Mills for Jaden Short, who was a mid at the time. Yeah. It was yeah. like, he's going to eventually get DPP and I'd yeah. love to have him as a defender come finals. Yeah. And Mills, I kind of knew maybe he would get DPP. He could be a defender next year. Yeah. Who knows? But- it was kind of worth that gamble um, because you're just planning ahead. So, ha- yeah, have a look at your team and, and figure out your structure. But um, there's no nothing wrong with yeah, looking ahead to next year now. Yeah, no, I agree. And, yeah, just maybe think of some of the – because you're always comparing to those top liners, your Dunkleys and your Cornelios and stuff mm. like that, that – that's not going to be realistic. Yeah, next well, if you're year. playing five forwards, yeah, yeah, like it's going to be very thin. Yeah, which we, which we do. So, so an yeah. '80s guys, yeah, really handy. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting next season. But uh, yeah, we'll wait and see what pans out. Uh, last question of the night comes from Nathan John. Uh, wants to know is uh, will Aaron Hall get a farewell game in round 24? And do you think Finlayson keeps Ruck status next season? Not sure about Finlayson. I think he he just hasn't been in there enough. Yeah, I did um, look at his um, again over the course of the season. I did have a look at this uh, earlier on today. I think it was around yeah twenty percent is his average CBAs yeah. for the year. So that's he's only in there to do ruck stuff. Um, I don't think he'll be there now as as a, as yeah. a ruckman. And as we've year. talked a bit or alluded to a little bit, uh, Port Adelaide are going to chase a ruck. They they can't go into next year with the depth that they have. Yep. Like Vicentini's key defender a couple of years too, away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like they've got Radicalier locked in. So yes. um, yeah, I think I think Brody Grundy will be a huge target for them. Yeah, uh, which 
yeah, limits Finlayson's ability to score. Yeah. And Aaron Hall, gee, I, he's been so off my radar that I hadn't yeah. even thought about him retiring. I reckon there's a chance of a farewell game. Yeah. Because like, he'll be done after this season. And I feel like they'll let him go out with a bang. Yeah. That's another thing I guess we've got to start talking about. And I think we talk about every week, but if you've missed the few week, last few weeks or whatever, is think about these retirement guys. Yeah. Like, it, especially if you're looking at the It'll burn you if you've got a sheasel in, yeah, in yeah. a grand final week. Yeah. yeah. Or, um, you know, someone look like, you know, Shannon Hearn or something like that who might retire and they mm. just might take a million kickouts all day <laughs> yeah. and chip around and stuff like Aaron that. Aaron Hall's so, always been a good scorer. Yeah. So, like, yeah, he'd be great to have if he does play again. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, who knows? I think it might happen. I think him and Zebel might just go nuts on that week. So, <laughs> Jeez. Who, who's playing him that final round? Uh, good question. I haven't uh, looked uh, that I'll, far ahead. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll continue for a few seconds while you do look I'm it up. Grab, yeah, just trying to think if there's any other other guys. Gold like, Coast Suns, they will go massive. <laughs> there you go. That'll it's going to be, be a huge. big day. Yeah, yeah. So, um, in yeah. Hobart as well. Too bad we're not going to get a retirement game out of Buddy Franklin by the sounds. But, yeah, uh, it's, he's done now, yeah, 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 unfortunately. <laughs> that would have been funny getting a 10-goal game out of him <laughs> at the end. But anyway. All right. Well, we might wrap that one up there. Thanks, Hayden, hey, for coming on the podcast this week. And no, thank you for having me. I know um, you had a late night last night with the Ashes. And, <laughs> yeah, and that, it's pretty nonstop these days as we get towards the run home. But no, I love my fantasy footy. So thanks for everything that, that you do as well, contributing to oh, no all the stats yeah. that are out there. There's There's... Yeah, so much content that's that's great. It's it's a fun time to be a fantasy footballer. Yeah, no, well, thank you. Heaps coming on. Is there anything you want to plug your shows or anything like that? Oh, or? yeah. If you, if you do want to hear um, hear me on the radio, obviously the ABC Listen app is kind of your home if you want to hear any of the AFL games. Yep. Um, obviously, we're on analog radio across the country, but ABC is my go-to on yeah. the AFL app. That's my preferred. Yeah, stream, there's a lot so. of head-to-head games these yep. days, which is a pain. Yeah, like yeah. We've we've had the off-Broadway Saturday night game yep. three of the last four, I think, because yep, nice. Adelaide gets <laughs> pigeonholed behind whatever's in Melbourne. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, the app's the way to go if you want to hear us. Yep. Um, and from a local perspective, yeah, SA Grandstand Saturday mornings at 11 um being a fantasy guy i yep. tend to try and ask questions that are relevant about roles so oh, we've yeah. had a couple <laughs> the last few weeks like ben keys and we kind of broke that story that he was going to get heavy midfield minutes for that patch and then when he came out we were aware of that yeah, so that's awesome i try to ask questions towards <laughs> the end that will help punters and, and yeah. if you want to you know if you can't listen you're obviously not in adelaide yeah. um just check me out on twitter at aaron Bryan's. So i yeah. generally try to post fantasy relevant quotes in there yeah. like roles in the running for the fantasy journal of the year I swear it must be surely being overlooked uh, just gotta go traders. to training more that's the thing yeah maybe that's it maybe that's it <laughs> anyways uh, yeah we'll wrap it up uh, get around us on our socials at Keep League Pod on Facebook Instagram Twitter YouTube and TikTok uh, also get around our sponsors Game Day Squad uh, support them by uh, supporting or support us by supporting them really um, and yeah just stay tuned for some news with them this week. You'll know what it is when it comes out. And, uh, yeah, if you want to support the show, please uh, buy a membership. All right. Uh, that wraps it up for another week. Thanks again, Aaron, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, mate.